10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6. Hello, and welcome to Rocket Fuel, your daily update of everything that's happening in the Rocket Pool community. My name is Wack. Today is December 13th, and we're going to get started today with this um, news of 32,000 mini pools being created on Rocket Pool. Now, we should be clear that this does not mean there are 32,000 active validators on Rocket Pool. This just means that in the history of Rocket Pool, there have been 32,000 validators that have been created. Now, if we have a, look, a little bit closer look at Rocket Scan, we can see here that um, with, with the mini pool section, we see that there's actually around um, 25,800 validators that are active which is of course much less than the 32,000 we have now so that just tells us that over 6,000 validators exited but still this is actually a really nice little um, milestone and um, I'm looking forward to the day that we'll have 32,000 active validators on the network I'm really hoping that that will happen soon but still like right now we've just hit 32,000 validators created which is really nice and hopefully that's a taste of things to come hopefully you know with the updates that are coming next year we will we'll go past that and way beyond but we'll see what happens with that next year okay we've got an update from joe here about rewards tree 8 version 8 which is the rewards tree that you know will um, set up rpip 30 which was the change in the way that rewards are calculated now um for those of you who don't know, um, RPIP30 was going to change the rewards down from zero, like 10% to 150% and going to um, 10% to, I think, 20% of borrowed ETH. Um, yeah, and then after that, it would um, it would reduce like quite drastically on, on the curve. Um, so that vote passed, but we can't implement the changes in the rewards until the new tree generation system is created. Joe needs to create that. Uh, you know, we had an update a few weeks ago of there being a problem with one of the data sources. Well, what's happened is that we now have um, an update here. So Joe says, a quick update on this. We have a workaround for the web 3 storage rugging us in place. That'll suffice for now. More on that later. We talked about who's working on what next. I'm going to be had down on SmartNode version 2 and some node set stuff. And Fornax with patches help properly since he basically wrote the spec will be working on rewards 3 version 8. So that is really nice that we got that update from Joe. Um, and then um, here we had a little bit more, uh, some questions from Patches saying, um, uh, you want, I should uh, pull request the spec with my suggestions then. He says, I have to look at like 20, 20 of your pull requests tomorrow, but he says, I'll coordinate with Fornax on that. And my guess is probably. So um, they, it looks like they're going to start working on that new reward tree generation um, quite soon. And hopefully we will be getting the updates coming through on mainnet. Um, I maybe not in this coming rewards period, but the one after that, I think it's in about six weeks time. I'm not exactly sure. Okay, next we had this uh, comment from uh, Sneaky who says, um, I noticed that my node that's using geth with uh, PBSS, the disk space usage does continue creeping up, but much slower than before. From what I understood, PBSS allows for 
um, online memory pruning. Um, so is that something that happens every so often? And I'll see disk space usage um, come back down at that point, or is it just continuously going in the background and disk usage increases expected, albeit at a slower rate? If the latter, then what happens when you inevitably reach full or near full disk usage? So Apache says you're probably noticing your ETH2 client using more disk space, Geth will sawtooth. And by sawtooth, he means it'll go up slowly, then go down, then go up slowly, then go down. And it says with the slowly increasing baseline. So, um, Sneaky says, also, what am I supposed to do if and when it reaches near max disk capacity? Patches says, get a bigger disk or hope the protocol introduces a change that reduces requirements or resync ETH2, uh, the last being the easiest. And he says, also, resyncing ETH2 brings it down. Patches says, yes. And he says, why can't I just throw away the old ETH2 data? He says, because you're not using Nimbus. And he says, I am using Nimbus. And then he says, then turn on pruning and resync ETH2. He says, I'm fairly certain that I have it enabled. And um, he says, have you resynced since you had it enabled? And he says, yes, I think so. I'm pretty sure I enabled and resynced it when it first became available. So then anyway, he um, Sneaky says that it's growing by around 0.1% every day on a two terabyte. And uh, he says, just curious to see what's supposed to be growing at all. If it was supposed to be expecting a sawtooth with no baseline growth. So then Patches introduces the pigeonhole principle. He says, are you familiar with the pigeonhole principle? And Sneaky says, nope. He says, imagine you have 100 pigeons and 100 pigeonholes. Then the staker proposes a new pigeon. Now you have 101 pigeons and 100 pigeonholes. Can you fit all the pigeons in the holes? And he says, yeah, but then they can just bunk up. And he says, you can do things that improve the efficiency of your pigeonholes with diminishing returns. Is, is, is this referring to chain growth? <laughs> Patches says at some point each hole can fit exactly one pigeon. Even if you have a machine that breaks a pigeon up into a thousand chunks, you can't fit the chunks in the hole since there's already pigeons in them. <laughs> so he says, now I need an SSD with more holes in it. And Patches says, um, basically you're dealing with the fact that Genesis happened and therefore the number of blocks since Genesis is strictly increasing. There's no magic wand that makes it possible to store linearly increasing data set in a constant amount of space. And he says, I thought you were shedding the older data with pruning, basically killing off the elderly pigeons. And uh, Patches says, ETH1 pruning sheds unpopular pigeons, not old pigeons. ETH2 pruning puts old pigeons on a diet. He's, uh, Sneaky says, this is a great analogy, by the way. And then Patches goes on, he says, ETH2 pruning actually may actually shed them too, since there's no need for long distance lookbacks in the consensus layer. It's feasible to be a not super healthy for the network node that only has recent history with ETH1 that isn't feasible in the sense that a uh, transaction that happened eight years ago moved ETH into a wallet and that person might want to sell at some point. My suggestion is not pay too much attention to it. He said, I'm not only overly concerned about it, just want to understand whether it was expected behavior and if so, why? Uh, so appreciate the pigeon class. And um, it says it's going to be very hard for anything you observe to be unexpected. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was a nice little discussion. And this kind of ties into a future Ethereum roadmap upgrades that will introduce the possibility of um, vertical trees and uh, light clients and stuff like that, which might mean that um, some of the resources that Rocket Pool node operators use right now will be able to, um, we'll, we can reduce them basically. And that should um, help some of the state growth but sadly there's no real way to avoid it totally it's just the reality of staking on the beacon chain
Okay, next we had um, this update from the Rocky Pool Twitter account saying that our next community call is starting soon. Langas and Malv will be joined by the team from Obol Network to chat about the future of DVT and how Rocky Pool ecosystem could benefit. So stay tuned into the space below at 1 p.m. UTC on the 13th of December. So this already happened today and you can go and you can listen to the recording of this. Sadly, I was not able to listen to the recording of this. Uh, well, I wasn't able to listen to the event live and I haven't listened to a recording of it yet. So I can't provide you with a summary of the call. But if you are curious, just follow the link below and you'll be able to get all the information you need from um, listening to the recording yourself. Okay, next, Nikki has a little update on uh, claiming your ETH Denver ticket. So a whole bunch of people, um, you know, will be attending ETH Denver this year. And it was a hugely popular event last year. And, you know, we expect a big turnout for this year coming. Um, well, it looks like um, claiming, when you claim your ticket, um, you need to link it to a, a wallet called Token Proof. And it seems like Token Proof wants your um, cell phone number uh, your mobile number to give you the ticket so sneaky says for your information looks like ticketing uh, ticket claiming for ETH Denver is done through a mobile app called token proof token proof XYZ and it requires connecting your wallet to token proof and this that's the ticket that was registered under it says if you don't want to connect a mobile wallet to token proof you can sign in with a desktop wallet at token proof xyz and give you a qr code that you can use to scan with the token proof app to claim your ticket so i think what is happening here is that um if you want to keep your wallet separate then there is the ability for you to do that um here sneaky says i didn't want to tie my crypto wallet to a mobile and found a workaround in the eth denver discord explaining how you can claim your ticket through the app without needing to use uh, have you without having to use a mobile wallet so that's that's the situation there so um if you are really worried about um you know your wallet hygiene then uh, this is uh, a way around it that sneaky shares here Okay, and finally, we're going to end the episode with this huge reveal that we had in trading last night about the identity of Cron. So, it's, of course, this is a joke. Uh, but um, we know that um, Cron likes to reply to people saying thank you. Um, thanks for reporting when uh, there's ever a spammer or some kind of like malicious link in, in trading or somewhere in the Discord. And the way he does that, he says thanks for re like replying to the person, says thanks for reporting with a thumbs up. So here we had Owledge saying... Um, tagged Cron in the post that then got deleted and then um, Halulu said Alice thanks for reporting with the thumbs up and everyone was like holy shit like we knew it that this was Cron and that basically as in he forgot to switch his account and then says the cat is out of the bag I knew it <laughs> damn it and then Halulu is Cron <laughs> and um, yeah so that was a, a nice little joke I I, I we we know now who now who Cron uh, is. I guess the next thing is to find out who the uh, Rocket Pool intern on Twitter is. But I think that one's going to be much more difficult to crack than this one. But anyway, that's um, um, that's everything for today's episode. Thank you all for watching, listening, and being part of the Rocket Fuel community. I will see you all tomorrow. Bye.